Headphone rattling, yeah. Yeah, coming out hot. Woo! Wow. Live from the shark-infested northeastern waters, Matt. The sharks are coming. I heard, Coming man. to New England. It's warm up here now. Thank it's you, yet. climate change. Yeah, another Manic Monday edition of Business Pants, joined by the Lord of the BS, I guess. I guess BS just stands for bullshit now. <laughs> I don't know which is better or worse. Doesn't stand for our product. In today's swampy anthill called July 17th, 2023, top 10 sexy Monday stories and director of the week. I think I'm going to make it board member of the week so I can just say BM of the week. Okay, so that maybe Lord of the... BM should be no. Ooh, yeah. Lord that's, of the BM. That's arguably way worse <laughs> for our only fan who who understands yeah, what like. we're talking about. We had to drop the original name of our product, which whose which initials were BS. Yeah, and we thought it we thought it was funny that Matt was the lord of both bullshit and our product. And yes, our prior but, product. Yeah, but now it's we, not our we, prior product. It's our now they threatened product. to sue us, so and we then can't baseball do that. got real upset. So now we are, now we're free flow analytics. Cranky old baseball friends, got and there's no joke. There's no joke for your nickname. That's free float it. analytics, and in fact, this show today is sponsored by freefloatanalytics.com. You should go there and sign up. There's a little login thing that says sign up. You get a free account. S and P 500 is free, so um, you can see every board member in the S and P 500, how powerful they are, and how they perform. That's yeah. it's free. I don't know, like I don't know why you would Use it. Gives you something for free. You do the thing, right? Like, why wouldn't you? In fact, I use it. I actually use it for my general. I, I know it's hard to believe that I research all the items I pick. It is kind of flabbergasted. Yeah, I don't believe any of that. <laughs> I actually use it for the show, Matt. I, I but, use it now as my main data source. Like, I have a a piece on the new chair of Cummins, and I went right there, and I actually learned something from FreeFlow Analytics. So there you go. You know what I did last night or yeah. two nights ago? I had to go pick up socks at oh. Target, oh. and I was standing in Target in the line waiting to pick something up, it's and weird. I looked up Target's power structure because I just was okay. curious. I right. like I wanted to know, and it's like now I know who I'm buying my socks from. Right, like I can see the the pictures of everybody who's running this company and how powerful they are. All right, let's do this show. Gotcha, That's our sponsor, FreeFloatAnalytics.com. Go there, and here's our show. Do we have anything? Yeah, let's yeah. just do it. The first story is fitting for that music. Oh, really? Tucker Carlson's show on Twitter oh, come on. makes ad deal with anti-ESG shopping app. Ooh, Look, that's kind of fun, though. You knew this would draw my attention because this is from CNBC, right? This is not like a crackpot financial news service. So, well, so, so even, Twitter. even CNBC now call is calling things anti-ESG. It's Ooh. like that's how mainstream it is. The the shopping app is Public Square, which Matt you've claimed yeah. that you've covered on the show before. Yeah, it was an it, Ari voted it asshole of the week uh, a week ago Friday because it was we realized that the snowflake conservatives in this country need a safe space. Okay, so, so I made one. I won't go deep into that app again. That's that's uh, Public Square anti ESG shopping app. But I did want to talk about their leadership a bit. I don't think we talked about the corporate governance. We of this didn't company. talk about that. Yeah. Uh, the founder and CEO of Public Square is Michael Seifert. Okay. Oh, is that good? 
Uh, well, all I could find in his bio was the the Bible quote Isaiah twelve two. What what's that? Something about the Lord. He follows the Lord. I, I, I'm trying to paint a bigger okay. picture of who these people are. I'm not even joking about what their religious beliefs are. I'm just trying to paint you a picture. I also found. Yeah. Uh, I also unfortunately listened to an hour long podcast, not ours, where oh. inter- interviewed Michael Seifert, and he is oh, double uh, bad. He yeah. and he also looks like he found a crumpled American flag to put behind him. He's a very he's very pro America. So I did see that cr- like there yeah there there's a screenshot you have in the pre production that it's uh it's a man it's a bearded white man yeah with very well nice everyone's white everyone's white waft hair yeah and a f- an American flag behind him that he looked like he was sitting on right before the show yeah and then realized he needed something behind him. And just so you don't have to, I want everyone to know who works in the ESG industry that the the anti ESG crowd equates what you do to the Chinese Communist Party. Maybe yeah. you already know that, but that's the takeaway. Bunch of Chinese communists, the co- and elitists, and globalists, and capitalists. The co-founder and COO of Public Square is a man named Sebastian Harris. And let me just tell you, I'll just tell you about all these people that I found is that none of them are qualified to do what they do. None of them. This you shocks know, me. I, this is going to sound elitist, but none of them have gone to, to colleges or universities that you've really heard of, or, or nor have they studied what you would I think. Don't mind that. What, what you would think that they should study to create these businesses. It's not that I mind that. I'm just painting you a picture. Okay. So the co-founder and COO, his last tweet on record is, so wild you can't tell which gender your barista is these days. Um, this is the COO of a company. Are we supposed to be like investigating the gender of our baristas? I don't even. Uh, uh, Matt, <laughs> Who cares? Look, again, the I don't even know. Coffee still is coffee, right? I don't even know if I have a comment on this. I, I th- I'm just saying this is the COO and co-founder of a company is. Tro- he, I don't even know what he's trolling here, but it's kind of sad. Not. I'm very sad, confused. I'm very confused. And the okay. CFO, I read an interview with Brad Surley, and one of his quotes. Was, I already I, like him. He said, I actually lived in a three-story house with 24 other Christians. It was insane. It was, essentially a, <laughs> it was essentially a Christian frat house for people that weren't in college. Ooh. And then he said, we had gals on the first floor. Oh, yeah, baby. So I don't really understand what kind of a company this public squares. Okay. The company, that is, gals. the company that is helping it take it. Public is even more interesting. This is this is a SPAC called Columbia Acquisition Corp. Oh, they're okay. going via SPAC. Oh, yes. that's so retro. Luckily for me, they actually filed in the SEC, so I was able to find some information about them. So the the CEO and chair of Col- Columbia Acquisition Corp is actually not a white man. It's a man named Omid Malik. I don't know how pro America would think about Omid Malik, but he's the CEO and chair. I mean, how dare you? And why is he famous or infamous? Because he was the Bank of America executive that that was fired uh, during the Me Too uh, when the Me Too really broke out for harassing and you know basically uh, assaulting his coworkers. Of course, he denies those claims. Yeah, there were gals on the first floor. That's why he was harassing them. And this, again, this is not like fringe reporting. This is That's reporting from the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. The CFO and, and fellow director at that SPAC is a man named Joe Voberil, who is also uh, fired during that harassment probe at Bank of America. <laughs> Wait, 
how many people and, were fired. Yeah, and just a few days ago, Axios actually had a story called uh, the big money donors backing DeSantis and RFK Jr. featuring Omid Malik and Joe Vobaril. So that's the oh. SPAC. Oh. Yeah. That at least is on brand. I, the whole thing is nuts, Matt. Really, it's... <laughs> It's a it's a it's a sad, dirty, nutty, horrible cesspool. It is a little weird that the the this is a very Christian pro Christian organization. They're extremely, overtly, extremely they're overtly that. Yes, they feel very marginalized, despite the fact that everyone celebrates every Christian holiday in this country and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, yeah, even even me, they, I'm I'm proudly Jewish. I I happily celebrate Christmas. They managed in. Like you just named like four people at the yeah. who are leading this, mm-hmm. all of whom either mention women, mention gender, or, or have been accused of harassment. How yeah, they're it, mentioning like frat houses. Uh, they're they're harassing people who like harassing people who I are. I mean, LGBT, as shortlists go, yeah. That's impressive reporting. It's, it's, <laughs> it was really nice. It's sad. It's sad. All right, moving on. Number two story. Uh, this one is at a salon. It's called Billionaires Are Not Okay for Their Mental Health. Time to drastically raise their taxes. Oh, uh, yeah. This I is like that argument. Up, following up on a piece in the New York Times by Paul Krugman saying that uh, money and privilege are rotting the brains of our elite CEOs. Um, I Look... I'm of two minds of this. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's probably true. Number two, I also <laughs> would like it to rot my brain. Uh, yeah. I wonder if I wonder if this will eventually become part of a populist pushback. Will we? Will the right wing even? They're, now they're on a big anti-ESG, anti-capitalist spree. Will they actually agree and want to claw back and tax the hell out of these people to to reduce the power of the Zucks and the Musks? Because do we want? The CEOs of corporations deciding which planets we're going to be colonizing. and I mean, we never did, but I will say that mm-hmm. what I like is that we've democratized snowflakeism. It used mm-hmm. to really be in the purview of the liberals, particularly on Twitter, who would mm-hmm. cancel culture everybody from like 20 years ago yeah. saying something Whatever that like means, I'm not or whatever. entirely sure, but yeah. I mean, like every time anybody did anything wrong, yeah. Twitter would get on them. And now it does seem like everybody needs safe spaces. Like everybody wants a safe space. Now the billionaires are the poor billionaires, all their billions are rotting their brains. They need safe spaces. And the 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 conservatives, they need Twitter and public square. They need their safe spaces and everybody's getting a safe space these days. It's kind of nice. It's inclusive. It's almost like inclusion mm. in some weird way. Elizabeth Warren uh, is urging the SEC to investigate Tesla and its board of directors over possible conflicts of interest, misappropriation of corporate assets, and other negative impacts to Tesla shareholders. She wrote uh, that the Tesla's board's apparent lack of independence from Musk, combined with inaction and incomplete disclosures, raised questions about possible violations of security law. Matt, here's why I bring this up. Freeflow Analytics would be the perfect platform for Senator Warren. Apparent lack I of independence. We her. have it. We have his apparent lack of independence. You sent it to her, but did did you did we talk to anybody in the office? We no, should. No, I walk don't know anybody this. in the office. Look, if you if you're they a listener, they have to reach out to us. We will walk them through how to use this tool. 
Fred, you're the only listener we've got. Um, <laughs> Fred doesn't send, know Elizabeth. <laughs> send something to Elizabeth Warren. If you're a listener and you know Elizabeth Warren, we have data. I'm watching all these ESG hearings as you are, right? Like yeah. the proxy advisory hearings. Yeah. Uh, like it's it's mind-numbingly stupid. And yet I'm trying to, I reached out to every even on either side of the aisle, I don't care. I've reached out to everybody and said, we have data. You can have it for free. Just talk in like the actual data instead of like, you know, weird platitudes. We can give you numbers to talk about. Not one. No responses. None responses. It's tough. It's tough being on the, it's tough being, it's tough, it's tough being when you. no one cares and no one listens. That's yeah. Well, here, Elizabeth, story of my here's children. where our data will tell you that no other ESG data provider will tell you is that indeed, uh, 80% of the influence on the Tesla board is controlled by people with the last name of Musk. Wow, I love but that. you yeah. will not see that at Sustainalytics, MSCI, ISS, because technically Elon Musk does does not own a controlling share of Tesla. I not know. even close, really. Not even close. And I think Tesla's it's one share, one, one vote, right? One yeah, share, it one is. Vote. One share, one vote. It's a weird company because you'd think it was democratic based on the governance structure. He's not even the we, chair. Not even he, the chair. We, and he's not the chair. Separation of chair. And yeah. we, our data suggests that's, that is bullshit. False. Is, bullshit. False. Correct. False. Uh, BlackRock will give retail investors in its biggest exchange traded fund the chance to participate in proxy voting in 2024. So they're continuing to uh, love it. Give voters choice, I guess. Voters choice, right? Here's why I love it. There's one good reason to love this. Yeah. Because they that if you are a retail voter, you have no data unless you sign up for free data from free yeah, come to analytics. Us. Come to come us. On. We'll help you vote. I mean, 90%. We lament the seven. There were 200 shareholder proposals on the Russell 3000 last year. That right? low? That little? Yeah, that's, that's that includes how includes the S&P 500? And 16 of them were Amazon, right? Like, so <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not talking yeah. about there are a lot of shareholder proposals to go through. The 98 or 99% of the votes that you're going to cast is for board members. Mm -hmm. And there is no data on board members anywhere except here. So get it. Yeah. And in fact, if you subscribe and buy our product, I'll even throw in right now an add-on that I, I will, I'll pick up the phone with you and we can talk about how, how to vote on the shareholder proposals. If you want to have a casual conversation, I'm not going to tell you how about, to vote, but I'll give you my opinion. I think you should talk about which is the best dog food on Patriots or public square actually. Matt, I know that everyone seems to hate BlackRock. BlackRock is part of this conspiracy. I I looked at three uh, recent BlackRock votes. These were these I found these from Proxy Monitor. These are three uh, shareholder votes that actually got a lot of uh, yes votes. Right, I just randomly picked to see is BlackRock part of the conspiracy? Are they anti-management? Are they anti-corporate America? The first one out of Deer. This is a, to a shareholder ratification of excessive golden parachutes, right? 41% okay. of shareholders said yes. BlackRock said no. Oh, wow. Starbucks, okay. an, an assessment of worker rights co commitments. This one passed, Matt. 52% of shareholders said yes to this at Starbucks. BlackRock said no. <laughs> okay. And then at Yum Brand's annual report on lobbying, this is also a big one, a, a, a big one for shareholders. 41% of shareholders said yes to this one. An annual report on lobbying, BlackRock said uh, no. Why does not... You know, <laughs> it's a report. 
Take like did, 20 minutes to write that down. But I will say this, though. I am I, guessing that most people would assume that it is absolutely BlackRock's fault that shareholders voted yes for an assessment of worker rights That's commitments right. at Starbucks. Absolutely Larry Fink's fault. BlackRock said no to that. I just want yeah. to point that out. All right. Well, they're socialists, so. Moving on. Uh 340,000 UPS drivers poised to strike over extreme heat, safe working conditions. Uh, the largest single employer strike in U.S. history could frame worker power as a climate solution. Wow. How about that? I love... I Actually, so I'm going to talk about this a little yeah. bit later, but this, right. this strike, I did... When I saw it, I was like, is this the first climate change is a new problem for us strike like hmm, they didn't need air conditioners 10 years ago because it wasn't 7000 degrees every single day yeah but now thank you climate change they need it this is a climate change strike well, isn't it in the same way you could say that the hollywood strike is about megalomaniac ceos you know creating ai without any exactly. kind of guardrails right yeah no uh, uh, too AI, much concentrated power yeah. yeah it's a right. zuck strike Speaking of Zuck, uh, prolonged Hollywood strikes could lead to an absolute collapse. That's according to former Paramount Pictures CEO <laughs> Barry Diller. Okay. Collapse of what? The entire Hollywood industry. Obviously, he's, th he's a threat. He's like he's threatening the strikers to be like, if you don't come back, I'll, you know, you'll never have a job again. I mean, can you imagine but, though a yeah. world without television? Would that I, be I a can. bad thing? <laughs> I can actually. Uh, Barry said to ease that disparity, you know, in the pay disparity, top studio executives and top paid actors could take a 25% pay cut as a good faith measure to try to narrow the difference, to try to you narrow. Know, How about that, though? I've never seen anyone actually. It's easy. Barry yeah. Diller has made like a billion dollars oh, in his lifetime. More, so, sure, yeah, more, like yeah. He, that, that guy is a governor. He's actually the poster child for terrible governance in his career. Um, he put all his friends on every board he's ever been on. He buys and sells the companies that and like runs them like uh, their toys. All that said, 25% pay cut may make a dent in the rot that's happening in the billionaire brains too. So uh, double good, right? Barry Diller's net worth $4 billion, and I just want to put my stamp on this. Oh. I, I want the 25% pay cut to be total compensation, not just the salary part portion. Like everything. unrealized, unrealized yeah, and realized. everything, all wow. the whatever, everything, not just that wow. little dumb salary. Okay, uh, moving on. Deloitte Australia CEO Adam Powick admits he is not worth his $2.3 million pay package in a public oh. hearing over salaries and misconduct <laughs> at consultancy firms. Uh, the CEO was asked by Senator Barbara Pocock in Australia, Are you really worth? seven times the salary of the Australian prime minister. The CEO responded, no. And, <laughs> and went on to say, I happen to deeply recognize that I'm incredibly privileged to earn what I do for what I do. Okay. Is he going to take a pay cut after this? Or does he still cash that check? How about the fact that like $2 million, which is what they're talking about here is, is just, if you put that in the context of the S and P 500, that, that, $2 million is 
barely scratching at the pay packages. Oh, you that, see that, here that in the guy, US. Uh, that guy's a small cap, right? Uh, yeah, he's like running a used car dealer at two yeah. million dollars. Yeah. Who do you think the first? Do you have a prediction? Who will be the first American CEO to admit they're paid too much in public? Ooh, good question. Uh, it would be probably Warren Buffett with his thirty thousand dollar a year salary. Uh, it's um, funny. It's funny you mention that. I I forgot to pull the story that there was a report over the weekend that at the billionaires' summer camp that Warren Buffett's wife was complaining that coffee costs four dollars a cup, <laughs> which actually that is pricey. Uh, it is pricey, but compared to probably the same where you are, but compared up compared to prices up in Portland, Maine, that's cheap. I mean, buy some beans discount. and grind them, people. Yeah, Just that's buy that's the beans and grind that's what them. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, here's the the free flow analytics one that I looked up. The headline is that Cummins CEO Jennifer Rumsey will become the first female chair of Cummins board. Okay. Ooh. So I yeah, asked myself. Sounds good. Uh, so before I even knew I was looking at, I, I I wanted to know. This is why I went to free flow analytics. I said, well, should this be a surprise? Would the people using our data would they be surprised? That Cummins is excellent question is putting forward uh, a, a female chair and a female CEO. The answer well, wait, is yeah. The question is: Is this excellence or is this DEI? Actually, that's the it, it it is excellence too. That's actually my su- the subtext here. But but here's what our data shows us, Matt: is that at Cummins, thirty the thirty eight percent of the board by body is represented by women, right? 38% of the board yeah. are, are women, but they actually control 46% of the power. Wow, a, div- a positive but, diversity. Which is that. unusual. That's nice. But it suggests that we could have and should have predicted that, that f- there will be more female leadership at Cummings. And Matt, to your question about excellence, Jennifer Rumsey actually has the highest overall batting average on the board by a lot. She's hitting wow. 719. Everybody else on the on the Cummins board is at 584 or lower. So so she's wow. actually the highest performer on the Cummins board as well according to our data. Wow. Excellent. She is excellent. She's excellent. That's a, so an excellent Female? Those exist? I thought we just voted against those. Yeah, I know you're joking, but I but we did talk to Vivek Ramaswamy, and and w- when we did pose the question about what he thought about more, you know, women being CEOs, whatever, he immediately went to talking about a meritocracy. Yeah, he didn't he did. even he didn't even consider whether that they were probably uh, high achieving and excellent. He and went, then said yeah. that the one of the reasons why there might not be many women or diverse CEOs is because of s- systemic education yeah. problems over the last like 40 years. He basically said critical race theory can explain the lack of female and diverse CEOs. Yeah, despite supporting the, the demise despite of affirmative action. Despite saying that that is yeah. false and there is no CRTs, a communist plot. Uh, writers disrupted CEO David Zavlov's time at Billionaire Summer Camp by, request, yeah, this. by requesting the Warner Brothers Discovery CEO pay up for their lost wages via Venmo. <laughs> so so like some this. journalists found that David Zavlov's Venmo account is public. So they started asking him for money, essentially. What one of them asked for fifty dollars for new picket line walking shoes. Here's a question. Yeah. Why do you have a Venmo account if you're billionaire <laughs> David Zasloff? Like yeah. what do you do with that Venmo account except send it to people when you don't want the, anyone to know that you've sent them money, right? Well, I saw two things that the that the journalists discovered. One is that 
a, a producer at CBS actually sent money to David Zaslov on the day of that they announced the merger that the the uh, merger weird. went through. Okay, <laughs> and also there's a payment to uh, Cheryl Hines that David says Zaslov sent who is an actress on Curb Your Enthusiasm and also the wife of RFK Jr. Okay. So, yeah, those are the, those are the two <laughs> payments that were outed. Yeah, why would you want that public? I don't know. Why, what is this good for? Why know, would you know. ever even have this account? The article was tickled by the fact that David Zaslav was declining the requests uh, at the meet at the billionaire summer camp. He was obviously had his Venmo account open in his room. He yeah, he was like, well, requests. it hits your inbox. Like you get, yeah. like I have Venmo <laughs> and I use it to yeah. pay our babysitter. Sure, like, sure. Like you know, like the teenagers who come over, yeah. I want to give them. Yeah, like, because you five, can't you give know. them actual money these days. Because there's no more actual cash. They don't yeah, even know what to do with it. I handed no. them cash once, and they were like, "I'm sorry, where do I spend Blew their this? Nose, yeah. Is this?" Is this European? So you just send them Venmo, and I I, I don't know why. At, at a level of a billionaire, you think you'd have somebody to take care of your Venmo needs. Uh, and finally, uh, even more negative news out of Goldman Sachs. I did predict that DJ D Saul would be he wouldn't last the year, right? So I only have yeah, like you, I think five months left that. of this yeah. prediction. Yeah. Uh, this headline, Goldman Sachs accused of culture of bullying that made staff sob through meetings. <laughs> wait, wait, was it like the silent kind of sob? Like that, that like stifled, or was it this like is, open weeping? What is this? This is, and just so you know, this is not like a, like a Damien Rawless low level employee type of lawsuit. This is from Ian Dodd, who was global head of recruiting. <laughs> and he was, he was re- sobbing? Yeah, so he said that um, that Goldman employees frequently expressed distress by crying and that sobbing through meetings was common behavior. That, oh, this must have been like when you could turn your camera off. Like, I imagine this is why everyone wants you to come back to work. So you can't can see openly you weep in meetings. Yeah, they could see yeah. if you're sobbing and and, Goldman, and then fire you right then. Goldman Sachs, even more than like the 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 Black Rocks and whoever else must have the worst communications department out of all corporations. They have the most negative stories about them constantly. We really, the, Goldman Sachs was like the boogeyman for yeah. a good five to six years at, during the financial thunder, crisis. Yeah. And BlackRock has really stolen that mantle. It's just yeah. from one Jewish associated firm because of the people who run it and to another Jewish associated firm because of the people who run it. It's uh, it's it's like a passing of the torch. Now, you yeah. don't hear much about um, Goldman anymore. It's global right. head of recruiting, Matt. It's yeah, that's my all turn got. now. Let's do a BM of the week because everybody... BM? Yeah. A board member of the week. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay? Because I was going to say, isn't Monday a little early to announce that it's the BM of... It's like your... BM of the week. How do you know what your diet's going to be for the rest of the week, right? Like You need more fiber. Um, yeah. So here is the headline. Damien already read 340,000 UPS drivers poised to strike over extreme heat, safe working conditions. Okay. So um, here's, I use this as the backbone. I actually, I'm a little like on the fence about this choice, but I want to highlight some of the inconsistencies in what we see. This is a case study in why committees might actually need real power. This is my takeaway, okay? Your BM of the week is a woman named Christiana Smith-Shee. She's the head of the Compensation and Human Capital Committee at UPS. As part of their charter, 
This is an excerpt from their charter. Quote, provide human capital management strategy and practices oversight, including relating to performance management, talent, talent management, diversity, equity, inclusion, work culture, and the development and retention of the company's workforce. That seems squarely in the don't put your drivers in ovens Absolutely. and send them onto the road and then ignore their request for air conditioners. Absolutely. Um, or windows. Maybe they even have no windows. Well, uh, they, UPS famously, those drivers leave those doors open famously because they must be boiling in there, right? Oh, it's got to be so hot in there. Yeah. Um, here is the amazing part. Christina, uh, Christiana Smith-Shee, she's the head of the comp committee and human capital committee. Okay. She only has 4% of the influence at UPS. Huh. 4%. In fact... The comp committee overall has a staggeringly low 26% of board influence. And Christiana is the weakest member huh. of the committee she chairs, according uh -huh. to our data. Rodney Adkins is the strongest member at only 8% of overall influence. Yeah. This is um, and this is a committee where they, there's only one labor issue that I could find amongst all the committee members on all of the boards where they sit. And it is Adkins where there was a class action settlement for $30,000 over unpaid overtime wages from mm -hmm. like three years ago at a place called AVNet where Adkins is on the board. Otherwise, they're clean on labor issues for the most part. They don't oversee a lot of them. It doesn't seem to be a huge problem for them. And Christiana Bats. 448 overall, which is the third best on the board, and Adkins is the top performer on the board. Hmm. This is, I don't understand why they have so little power. And well, here's the amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, does, does this, I mean, this tracks really with our thought, which is that compensation committees are either established with other CEOs, other publicly traded CEOs, right. which means that they're mm -hmm. going to vote in your best interest because it's in their best interest at their jobs, or to your point here, maybe you put weak people there so you can control them so easily, you so you can them. dictate your pay, right? In which case, the controlling party would likely be Carol Tome, who's the mm -hmm. CEO, uh, and she has 24% of the board influence by herself. So she is about equal power as the entire comp committee, which has four members. <laughs> that said... yeah. The amazing thing about UPS is it's actually a dual-class fake public company. They have dual-class shares with 10-to-1 voting power. Only in UPS's case, it's not held by some shithead bro founder. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, who's it held BFF. by? It's held by 155,000 employees and ex-employees. It's huh. part of their charter was they gave the dual class, the, the class A shares to employees and ex-employees. So the employees themselves have the voting power over the company. The Is minority, that right? Do that's we know, right. That's correct. Do we know what percentage of the vote they control overall? I, I believe it's it's in the, uh, I didn't check, but okay. it's a lot. It's quite it's a lot. remarkable. Quite it, it is remarkable. For America, yeah. Management. Acting management right now actually only has less than 1% of the total voting right. power. Because there's so, so many shares probably, yeah. So Because there's so many shares and so diffuse. Mm -hmm. And that means the people who, if you are upset, if you're a driver at UPS and you're upset about not having air conditioning or doors and you are roasting in there and climate change is coming for you, 
you actually can go to your manager or your manager's manager who did get equity shares and tell them to vote against the people on the board. You actually have the power to do that if you're upset. You can actually get in touch with the board and tell them, this is our problem. You need to be dealing with this. You should be voting in this way. Your enemy is not like, you know, going to be capitalists and shareholders like BlackRock who are yeah. out there, you know, controlling yeah. your board. And this is actually an internal issue. So if they don't give you what you want, it's because they didn't vote for what you want. That's your so Christiana. I like it. Christiana um, Smith. She is your BM of the week. I like it. That's what I've got. That's, that's all we've got today. That's enough. That's plenty. That's Damien Rawls. I am the BM of the week. <laughs> I don't know why I need a new Lord title. Of the BM. <laughs> that's all we got. Come back on Wednesday when we do Woke Wednesday. Um, I'm sure we have a tremendous amount of anti-woke stuff because there's some more there's some more fun ESG related hearings tomorrow. That's what I'm gonna spend my day doing. Yeah, it's terrible. Go to freefloodanalytics.com, sign up, it's free. Go get it until Wednesday. Goodbye.